All right. Hey, Porch Talk took it to the road tonight. We are in West Point. We're at Coon's Tattoo. We're here to meet with Roger. He is a ghost hunter, and he also works here at the tattoo parlor. And so, man, I was going to tell you the story. I was teaching the youth at the, the church I serve at Wednesday night, and just because of the time of year, we were kind of exchanging stories about, you know, ghosts, and like, one of the kids like, I saw a ghost here at this church. And, um, and I was like, okay. And then they were like, ooh, tell them, about, tell them about the handprints. So we had this family life center. It was built about six years ago, brand new building. And it's got the, it's like a gym, so it's got the white roof. Um, it's like a patent um, insulation, I guess. And so anyway, there's these hands that's kind of just traveling on the ceiling. And so the kind of, my thought was just trying to explain it away. Man, maybe someone's had crap on their hands and they were throwing a ball up and, you know, trying to take the paranormal side of things out. And so before we get into this, Cole, uh, I just wanted to, y'all know each other, to kind of tell us a little bit more about how y'all met and well, how, how we got this episode going. All right, well, once again, thanks to Coon Tattoo for hosting us this evening. So with that being said, I met Roger, I get tattoos here. And in that whole process, that's where I met Roger. I, I, I like to say I've probably known Roger for about two years now. You yeah. say that, give or take. So how did the, the ghost, paranormal, how did, how did that come up? How did y'all, how did you figure that out about it? Well, Robbie's birthday, and, and well, you had, you had already, it was your birthday, but you had already had the, the Instagram page the opened up, and I, you had added me as a friend, and I was looking at it. But then when we were at your birthday, and we got to talking about it. That's as much knowledge as I had at, had of it, but the whole time we were sitting there, man, I was just firing questions away. Cause, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thing, it paranormal. Is. So how, how did it start for you, Roger? How did you get into it? Well, I started, I guess, two years. Maybe I've been really interested in it, but I had an experience when I was... 20. Okay. I was in a, in a junkyard. Oh, wow. And uh, just, you know, cars tore up everywhere. I started hearing a baby crying. I couldn't, I mean, there wasn't nobody out there. Me. Yeah. And I kept walking around and I finally seen a burnt car. And it, I just walked over to it. And there was a, a baby seat sitting in there. The whole car had burned up. Yeah. And the baby seat was cooked. And there was no no explanation. That was my first time. And I found a team in Amory, I won't mention the name. And I started up with them a little over two years ago. And they t I've been out with them four or five different hunts. And the first one, it was okay. You know, we didn't get a whole lot, but the second one was the really turning point. Okay. It really made me want to get into it. We went to uh, it's the munitions plant in Prairie over outside of Everdeen. Okay, I've never heard, of, heard, never heard of that place. What goes on there? They used to make ammunition for the World War II. It okay. was built for World War II. And it closed down soon after 1945, I think. They used it for a couple other things, and then it's just shut down. Mm -hmm. And there's only three, they call them tunnels, but it's actually three long hallways. That's all that's left out there in a stack, smokestack. Mm -hmm. And I think there's, there's a three-story building, and that's it. The rest of it's gone. But the, we were there... 15 minutes, we had the spirit box going. I heard my name three times within the first 10 minutes of being in that building. Whoa. So a full apparition. Just, and that was using a laser grid. We was walking down the hall and just like a person standing in front of it. Wow. So like, so what's some of the different equipment y'all use? Does it depend on like the call and what you think no, you'll need, or you kind of take the same? It, it depends on how if we got power. You know, if we have power, we'll use infrared cameras like we have here at the shop. Mm -hmm. We'll set those up to a DVR, or record however long we want to. Sometimes, like we just did one namery a few weeks ago, we set it up and ran the DVR for 72 hours in, the, in those people's homes. Mm -hmm. I can't, you know, I, I can't get into that either. 
But yeah, we, we leave it running for a long time. Just like the munitions plant, no, we couldn't use, you know, no power. Yeah. It's, so we use like the digital recorders, handheld cameras, we do steel shots. Uh, the laser grid, we use them a lot. Okay. And we've got a guy that comes out and we have the EMF pumps that puts out the EMF. We have EMF detectors. And what, just for people who's not really familiar with that, what is EMF? It's the electromagnetic field. People say the ghost. It's disturbed the electromagnetic field. Mm -hmm. And if you got one of those meters in your hand, and it, you're out and where there's no power, and that needle goes up, there's something causing mm -hmm. it. There's, there's no other explanation for it. And so, like, with, besides ghosts, is there any other forces that kind of mess with that field that can throw anything, it off? Anything that's, that puts off energy. Oh, wow. So you yeah. pick up whatever you think. Yeah, okay. anything that, uh, I mean, I can, like, here in the shop, I could hold it to this computer of yours, <laughs> any, any more, the needle will go up. Mm -hmm. Certain things, if they have a, if the EMF's leaking out of electrical equipment, yeah. It'll pick that up. And EMFs in a house, if you're if you have high EMFs in your house, it can cause hallucinations, cause you to be nauseated. And and I wasn't gonna say much about the house that we did, but I, I will tell you this: I found that they had a one of these metal cage fans. Mm -hmm. The hurricane fan it puts off very high EMFs, and in they in their kitchen they had a leak on one of their outlets that was putting off very high EMFs, and that I think that's what their issue was. Okay. I don't think they had anything in the house. So like with these EMFs coming out, it was making like, making them see things, it make you hallucinate. Um, I actually have a question. I'm So what are the different types of, I guess, calls or... See, haunts. Haunts. So, like, you know, you have poltergeists. You have uh, people that have... Uh, for instance, I want to share a, sh a short little story, and I guess I want you to kind of define, maybe from your experience, what, what I kind of was doing. When I was a baby, my mom and dad, when they had first met, we, they was living in some home, but they had a, a baby monitor set beside the bed that could only pick up it wasn't video it was just audio so that's how they would honor him every night mm -hmm. and then my dad my dad loves to tell the story especially around this time of year because it gives me the creeps man i'll be honest so i was crying 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 mom jumps up you know newborn she jumps up she runs off puts me back to sleep all right not even 15 minutes later anybody that's listening that's a parent knows that this is like a this is happens all the time so once again, she goes to jump up, comes, puts him back to sleep. I start crying again. My dad's like, nope, stop. Mm -mm. No, just let him go, let him cry, let him cry. So I cried and cried and cried until I fell asleep. But later on that evening, or that night, morning, whatever, I started crying again. But this time it was like wailing. And of course, I don't know, because I'm a baby. Yeah. But my mom went to jump up again. My dad grabbed her by the wrist and was like, remember what I said? Don't move. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you could hear on the uh, baby monitor, you could, shh. And there's a pat on my back. So, yeah, I mean, it's like dude, it's, insidious type Yeah, thing. it still gives me kind of chill bumps. So, I was like, what the crap? I need to know more about this story. So, as it turns out, like my mom and dad in this house I were living in, my dad was living in this house single for a while before my mom moved in. And during this time, he had he had like a few like little interactions in the house, like some things would be misplaced. But it was nothing ever important. It was all. It was always something that was you didn't use every day, or he didn't really think about. Well, my mom moved in, mm -hmm. and her keys started missing. So that upset her. Pictures would be removed from the wall. My dad used to leave her sticky notes on the fridge, and in one gust of wind, it would knock just hers off. And to me, that kind of sounds kind of demonic in a sense. Yeah. But, like it's hard to yeah. But, my dad, like you said, jealousy. My dad so that he had a, 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 a ghost woman living in that house that loved him, that was jealous of my mom, and that she was taking care of me. It's not, so, it's not doubtful. 
I guess with that little experience, like what, what, what would, I mean, I guess elaborate on that. There's again. just, there's, there's no way to explain it. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's, there's no telling who it was. I mean, it mm-hmm. could have been, could have been one of your grandparents, your great grandparents, you know. Just never know. That's just that kind of stuff. What? I don't know if we'll ever find out. In a technical sense, what you do, like when you apply science to it, what would you consider that a type of haunt as? It, it's definitely not a residual. It was it was an active haunting. It's you know they they knew you were there, you knew they were there, so it's not something that's repeating itself. So it's it's definitely a a real haunting. It's not something that's just left over. With a lot of the different hunts that you've been on and what you've seen in your experiences, is each one unique in its own right, or oh, yeah. do you see a lot of a lot of repeats? Okay, I don't think anything I've seen has been the same. Okay, and so like impressions of like just the different experiences you've had is it um, like actual ghosts could it be demonic or what are we? I have opinions across anything demonic. I, I just. I don't, I don't think I have anyway. Mm-hmm. Everything's been, it's nothing that's scared. Mm-hmm. And that's wild, like when you were sharing about the munitions, like it was calling your name. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, the guy that, it was my first time out there. And mm-hmm. The guy that the people I was going with, he always introduces, if he brings anybody new, and he was introduced, and he told them my name. Mm-hmm. And within the 10 minutes of that, that's when I started hearing my name come through. This stuff, I'm crazy about this stuff. Yeah. I, like, when I was in college, when I was at Shelton, because I know you spent some time at Shelton too. When I was at Shelton, I'm like, the two, I had speech and my English two class. This is what I wrote about. Because I always watch the shows. My favorite, my favorite scary movies are Conjuring. Yeah. All their series. The reason why is because I did case studies on Ed and Lorraine Warren. My question is though, have you ever dealt with a situation during this that, like Al asked you, everything is different, but have you ever dealt with something that's been more than you can handle where you had to reach out to some, maybe, maybe a haunt turned into like a demonic, I'm just going to throw it out, demonic position. No, I hadn't yet. Okay. Have you had any uh, hunts where Ouija boards were involved? I have one. I made myself. The people I'm with, was with, they don't like it, so I haven't involved it, but I will. I'm not afraid of it. So. Okay. I do want to use it. I mean, it's no different. They can attach to that board or they can attach to that digital recorder that you're carrying in your hand asking them to come through and talk to you. There's no difference. Just a board, you know, the Ouija board is, is a stigma. You know, everybody has made these movies. It's, it's, yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. What, what is the stigma that people are throwing on this? You know, it's, the Ouija board started out as a game. Mm-hmm. And it's the Ouija board got its name from the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. It told the inventors that's what it wanted to be called. Wow. And that, that. that's the story, but I, I, I look at it as, as, as another piece of equipment to research, you know, to hunt with. And, and you're giving these spirits or ghosts, apparitions, just uh, a way an to avenue to yeah. contact you. And there's, you know, people think there's a difference. No, there's not a difference. It's no different than uh, trying to catch them on a camera or having them talk to you through the digital recorder or anything. Mm-hmm. It's all the same. It's, they can they can attach to anything. You don't have to be a piece of equipment. So that's wild. Like with I don't know. Like well, maybe some of the, the house hunts. It's maybe a family member that's gone on and they're just kind of hanging out. Yeah. Uh, with these munitions, was there something that the munition plant? Was there something that went down? Okay. Making those things. Have you been to Sloss? Oh, I have. Well, I've been to Sloss twice now but during the time when they did the you know the yeah that's, the that's not what time around this time of year you know. have you had any experiences when you were younger that kind of led you 
in this path? Just the did, one that just I Just the one? Yeah, that um, was the main thumb. And, and I didn't really pursue it mm. until a few years ago. I really started getting into it more and more. What are some of the takeaways as far as like personal growth that you've had from these experiences? Or is it just kind to of realize feel? there is something there besides us? I mean, that's a great question. That's a good thing. We, we should. What do you think? Is there? I mean, are ghosts real? Oh yeah. Yeah, I can show you. Well, I was gonna say this phrase I always say, but I'm not gonna say it on here. But yes, I can show you the stuff that will scare the hell out of you. What about the paranormal in general? When you relate it to the Bible, now mind you, this is this is this ain't a religious thing or nothing like that. But what I'm saying is, it's like a lot of this stuff ties into the afterlife and it ties into the paranormal and it ties into those realms. And the thing is, with me, why I, why I started studying into it a lot in college is when it started when it started chasing more of the demonology part, demonologists like Ed Warren yep. and stuff like that. <clears throat> so my question is, is that in these experiences that you had, obviously you've answered the question, do you believe they're real? But what about that next step that, that you've not witnessed yet? The oh, demons there's, is, there's, they're there. I mean, it's, if there's one, there's the other. Mm -hmm. I, I know people have, have lived through demons. I know that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if, if there's one, there's the other. I mean, there's evil everywhere. Mm -hmm. And just as far as the Bible goes, I think about Exodus, where Moses is about to get the people out of the Promised Land. All the plagues up to the ninth one, or the tenth one, when he, it was the Passover, but when the death angel came, everything that Moses done, the sorcerers for Pharaoh could do as well. Mm -hmm. And so this was something taught, this was something learned, and like, where do you get that knowledge? It has to come from something yep. more, some other power. And so, I believe it could be the monitor. It could have been some kind of a, you know, something that had gone by, like witch doctors. If you want to talk about what goes on in Africa, that's something real voodoo in New Orleans. Well, I mean, if there's you, a lot of different culture stuff. If you believe in God, you got to believe in the devil. So you know, if the devil's there, there's demons there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And for those just looking from a, a completely non-religious background, maybe atheists, the demonic. I mean, like, watch out, atheists. No, I mean, no, no, I'm just saying, like, I didn't mean it like that. We have all these movies that point to it, and we we can have fun with them. But if you believe that, then you have to yeah. acknowledge the other. That's right. I think there's there's these angelic things that go on too. There's all. That's all. You know what I don't like nowadays, and this is for me and Al. We like to just flow. You know what I don't like nowadays, like in today's like modern pop culture, how they're portraying angels. When you grew up, same for you, angels were these, I, I have another story about angels, I have to tell it, I have to tell it, I have to tell it, but I, I gotta finish one thing. Angels are the good guys, right? Mm -hmm. They're the they're God's warriors, they're God's messengers, they're, you know, they're the ones. They're also God's punishers. Yeah, Old Testament, you didn't want to see one. What I'm getting, I, I, I do, and, and you have some of these movies like, um, what is it? Was, was, I'm thinking about the guy that played in. I want to say we're doing the same thing. He played. He played in the Avengers, dude. We know we love talking about it. He played uh, uh -huh. a stone in his head, and he played in that one Legion. Le Legion. 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 And they made angels look like they were bad guys. Mm -hmm. But to get on this story about angels, my grandmother, God bless, rest her soul, she's passed now. Her great grandfather, back in the day, they had a. Where he lived, he walked most of the time, but they had horse-drawn carriages and stuff like that where they would all, you know, drive by, hey, going to church today? And they'd all jump on, you know. Yeah. Everybody was neighborly. Don't know what happened to that. But anyways, so one day he went to church, and the next door, at like, I guess you would say it's a more of a community center, they had like a dance and stuff, and it was around this time of the year just to make it even more kind of mm -hmm. funny. Well... He was courting this girl at the time, and I say courting because back in the day, that's, that's what, what they, it was. That's what it was. He was courting this girl at the time. They were having a good evening, and they called it to do. He went home. We had a long walk home down the long, windy dirt road. And on this long, windy dirt road back to his house, next to the church, was a graveyard. 
Mm-hmm. But on this, the graveyard wasn't necessarily next to the road, which was on the upside church. It was up on the other side of the hill. So you have church, road, hill, graveyard. But it wasn't like a great big hill, small hill. So anyways, he's walking home. And I can only imagine from my great-grandfather how freaky that was. You know, this time of the year, walking down a dirt road, you know, by yourself. There's no lights. There's only lanterns and stuff like that. But back then, then you know, people didn't care. They just, they were just loving life. So he looks over. There's a great big light coming over the hill. And he's like, what is that? Towards the graveyard. First thing he thought was headlights. And I want to say he had something to do with like the church and stuff like that. So it intrigued him to investigate what was going on. So he walked up towards, and the closer he got to the hill, he saw these great big wings just flapping. Flapping in this light. First instinct, what do you think he thought? Oh my God, it's an angel. Mm-hmm. So he kept going, he kept going, and the, the picture got clearer and clearer. He's just seeing these great big white wings just like flapping in this light. He's just getting closer and closer, and he sees these great big wings, and he gets up there, and it's a daggone goose. What's next stuck in the, in, in the fence, in the chain link fence? I swear, I've heard the story from my grandmother. And that was an angel. <laughs> and, you know, going into all that, when I think of angels, that's what I think. But and he helped the goose get out, didn't he? I think he, he helped saved that. He saved the goose. He saved the goose. He got the goose out. But when I think of angels, that's what I think of. Which I know there's angels meant for punishment. Well, he was taught to think of them. Yeah. He wasn't taught to think that bad stuff about them. Absolutely. So, what's next for you? Where do you see yourself in this in particular next three years? My own team, mm-hmm. trying to do it as much as possible. So like right now, how often do you get to go out? Not enough. Not enough, because I'm here all the time, so. What, what, is it, what does it take? What does it take to make a team? Just, I mean, you really need somebody that's really good technically, mm-hmm. that I'm not. So I'm definitely going to tell me a tech guy. Uh, somebody that ain't scared. Don't mind getting scared. Re express drawers. Yeah. It, it's, you don't need more than two and three people at the most. You always want to carry somebody. You don't want to go anywhere by yourself anyway. Uh, but I, I only need at least two more people. Once I get two more people, then that's it. I plan on doing it as much as possible. Is there a, is there a fairly large following for the, the hunts that you're on? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the guys I've been hunting with, uh, they usually do a big thing every year in Amory. Once a year, they do a big fundraiser. The Amory Museum lets them have the museum for a weekend, and they bring people in. They donate so much money, and they get to go in. Uh, but yeah, all you got to do is mention ghost hunting, and people go. And so, uh, do you have any of this work online that we can um, get our audience to go check out? Not yet. Got your Instagram? Yeah, I've got a new Instagram. I've started. Uh, and like I said, once what's, I, uh, what's your username? It's ghostseeker underscore fifty, I believe. All right, great. So that's how you can find his work when he gets when you get some more put up. Yes, I'm going. Like I said, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna try to get some two guys together and we'll go. How? Let's just say, let's just say, two, two different scenarios. One, I'm somebody that thinks my house is haunted. How hard is it to get a hold of you? What are you gonna do? And I mean, just kind of walk me through that situation. What makes it worthy to take? Yeah, that's something that we would have to do a walkthrough. Um, a lot of questions mm-hmm. before. I say, yeah, I'll come in and check it out. Because mm-hmm. um, it could be like that story you shared earlier where it's just yeah. a lot of EMF and you're just yeah. hallucinating. And, and, and but, you know, and we really went over with these people, ask them the same questions as we do everybody else. They, what are some of these questions? Their experiences. Mm-hmm. What, you know, what have y'all been having? And, and they went through the whole list of everything you know being touched being all this and you know we 
had to take it as you uh, there there's something here uh, but I, I we found no evidence of that yeah that's that's interesting but and it's, it, so it's just like a ghost hunt movie at this point so yeah. you get the cold call and you're taking the call and you're going over the experiences yep. and you set up the meeting and go in the house set the equipment up yep it's, so this graveyard in Hamilton, what's what's going on out there? Well, I mean, there's you, where there's a cemetery, there's there's going to be spirits, paranormal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I figured that'd be if y'all want to go, be the easiest. Mm-hmm. Don't have to worry about getting permission. Yeah, it's public property. Let me so. kind of jump. The second scenario, I guess, I was going to ask is famous haunted places. Like, for instance, in Carrollton, you know, we the got courthouse. the courthouse. Yep. Pickens County. And in, in, in Lowndes a, County. that's a hoax? No. I've been there. Have you took your equipment up there and run some? No, there? but I've, it's, it's, that's real. Okay. I mean, I'm 50 years old. I've been over there from when I was a kid all the way up jump back to this there. point. And, yeah, it's still there. What's crazy, like, if we can give y'all some of the lore about what goes on in Carrollton, Alabama. So, the second floor of this building, and one of the windows... I think it's the is, attic, ain't it? No, it's the second floor. Oh. And so, there's this face, and I think the, the story is he... The, the guy, he had his face in the window and lightning struck? Yeah, he was innocent. Like, he was on trial. Yeah, he was really, he was getting ready to be hung, and he was, he was stashed up there, and he was chained, and he could only move as far as the chains had let him. And there was a mob all around the courthouse. Mm-hmm. Mob, pitchforks, torches, everything. I mean, it was back in them days. Yeah. And um, at one point, he got up from his chair and he walked to the window to look and see what was going on outside. And he sees this mob, so he presses his face to the window to look, get a closer look. And that's when a storm rolled in, or a storm had rolled in, yeah. and lightning struck and it struck his face, killed him instantly. Of course. And so and the lore and some of the, the paranormal part of it is people have replaced this window yeah. over and over, but the face keeps coming they back. They finally gave up because it's still there. My dad, believe it or not, my dad was working because, you know, people in Pickens County, you know, Brit name, it, it can go far and wide. You got Brit General Suarez, but there used to be like Brit Construction where my great, well, not my great, but my grandfather and my dad owned a construction company. They, you know, the courthouse had been burned down, what, like two or three different times? Yeah. And they rebuilt it in its time. Yeah, well, that's not, not the same original courthouse. Yeah. Not only that, but since that incident, and they refaced the window, they re put a new pane of glass up there, mm-hmm. my dad, and this is probably like back in the 70s, my dad personally oversaw a crew that did construction on that courthouse two different times where they had rebuilt the second, first floor, built the structure on the first floor, rebuilt the second floor because of burn damage or whatever damage and re, you know, re, restructured and all that. And they had to, they had to do it because it was such a big uproar, like take that window out, take that window out. So they took the window out. Well, like, let me ask you this, and as he told like when he takes that window out, is. Does the face stay on that window or is it disappeared? No. It's gone. It's gone. It, it just, it's almost like, you know when you like breathe on a window, your breath, mm-hmm. and then like you breathe on it and you, it fogs up real quick and then it slowly dissipates. That's, my dad, that's how he explained to me. He goes, when we, it's when pretty good they, they was up in a bucket and they got it, moved the pane, because they had to redo the whole, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And they removed it and when they, as soon as they popped it out, from there, it just, it's like it evaporated then like, you know, like a breath on a window, like I'm saying. And then they refaced it, and it didn't happen immediately, but within minutes, it just kind of, like somebody breathed on the window, it just kind of came back. Oh, the old boy's breath. <laughs> yeah. Is there, is there any other, like, famous locations like that that you've been and kind of went to experience for yourself? No, I had, I, the best place, if you're really wanting to experience this, Famous places, the closest place would be Vicksburg. Okay. What about was, Friendship Cemetery? Yeah, I've heard about that. I have never been there. What uh, went down at Vicksburg? A lot. Okay. There's, there's some of the most haunted places in America is in Vicksburg. Oh, well. Yeah. Do they do a lot of tourism and stuff like they that during this time of year? Yeah, they do in all times. Time. Yeah. Okay. It's, there's a lot there. At this point in time, I guess it's time. Just go ahead and hail everybody. 
What is the most freakiest, scariest experience you've had doing this job? That that full body apparition in front of me at the laser plant. Yeah, because I mean he was it was he or she it was within four feet in front of me. Right. I mean, I almost walked. And when you put this laser grid up, you like, just hold it. You just hold the button. Like yeah. And we were walking down this hallway. Everybody was beside me. There was nobody. And you could see shoulders, arms, complete outline of the body. <laughs> that was the closest. Okay. Just scared up there. <laughs> nope. So that was just the heart beating in the chest yeah. and ready to. Fight or flight. Al, I hope you're ready to stay there because I'm gonna be gone for a minute. So you're a flight. <laughs> I'll be back in a minute. That one got the heart racing. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> you, you, uh, you hear about these toys so much, and you remember it wasn't long ago you had the guys that were on Sci-Fi Ghost Hunters. I think mm-hmm. was on the show. What do you think about some of these other these more televised shows? We can't. I mean, is it dramatized? Some, yeah, definitely. It's it does change when you watch it on TV and you get out there in real life. And it, it, it's total different world. We're gonna give them a raw cut soon. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it's gonna be real raw because if we see something, y'all gonna see my raw tail end run right up. I'm telling. You. I think, and this is comes from my studies from Ed and Lorraine Warren. When Lorraine, now Lorraine Warren. If anybody's wondering, if you watch The Conjuring, The Conjuring 2, stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's based on true story. Ed was a demonologist, and he was the only demonologist that was not an actual priest that was uh, he could certified by the Catholic Church to perform uh, exorcisms. Well, Lorraine, Lorraine was a trance medium. And doing it's it's still. And still, he still is Define alive. what that means. Trance um, medium. Trance medium, so they... You heard of the sixth sense. Mm-hmm. You know, you smell, you can taste, you can touch. And then we got the sixth sense, where you know, oh, this ain't, something feels wrong. Mm-hmm. I need to take more precaution. Lorraine could sense emotions. She could walk into a room and tell you that something of great sorrow has happened in this room. And at times, she could receive a flash of what happened. How many movies this woman has inspired? How many times do you hear that come up in these movies? She's, I mean, even, she, you know, The Conjuring's, and she has, the, they have that big thing, but you even go, and, and all I do is sit and watch horror movies all day, so. <laughs> uh, is that your favorite genre? Yeah. So what are some of your favorite works? Anything that's horror. <laughs> anything paranormal horror. So you got a favorite director? Uh, no. I, I don't, I watch B movies. I, I, it doesn't okay. matter what it is. But like I was getting into, she she has been in B-movies that you wouldn't believe. Okay. Herself. Oh, wow. Uh, what are some, those, what are some of those titles? Can you think of some? I kind of want to know. Man, I watched so many what's, movies. What's one that you recently watched for her? Because the only thing I seen her in was, and she didn't actually play in The Conjuring, but she was on the set during the film. I would have to go back and look, yeah. you know, go through them, because... I have a hundred pages of horror movies I can watch. So I have to, and I watch anywhere from four to five a day. But she's been in a lot of shows and, and it's brought in a lot of movies, just her, what they did all their their whole lives. So more, more back to the background, so she she was, by the Catholic Church, she was able to go and he, do the- He was, he was able to uh, execute exorcisms and normally, like in in the Catholic religions, only that only that you had priest, to be ordained. Yeah, ordained or an ordained priest could, or ordained exorcist could actually, because it couldn't be just a priest. A priest had to go to exorcism school and learn how to be an exorcist and then come back. She was a transmedium. What she experienced as a child, and and you, if you watch Conjuring Two, so everybody knows it was oh, it's a joke. It's, but she was actually on the set during the filming of this movie and she helped them out a lot with the filming of it because she wanted the truth to, exactly, to, be, exactly. to be right she didn't want it to be wrong she tells a story when the little girl is on the swing set swinging by herself she tells a story about when she first saw an angel and her ability to see things 
that's her sixth sense. Her ability to feel and see and all this. That's she can feel sense. the pain and then she'll see what it is. Yeah. And it, and it may not necessarily be pain. It could be happiness. It could be anything. It's, it's, and, and it's, it's, always not a, it's not always emotions, but... She could she could sense a negative presence. I guess would be the best way to put it, or a presence in general. Okay, it didn't matter what it was. She she could feel it. So people people don't realize it, but they experience this stuff every day. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, you you walk past it, and most people don't even have conscious enough. They just you blow it off. Yeah, you on your phone. Stuff happens at home. It's the smallest thing. And they know you can't explain it, mm-hmm. but they just act like, well, that's 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 just a forward creep in it. But not always. When these people, you know, like you said, like, you know, people experience. When I was a kid, we had a bunch of friends over at my parents' house. We was playing, having a good time. Later on that night, we got to laying down, and every most everybody left, and me and my cousin were laying in the living room. And my cousin made a mention of Civil War soldiers walking past the window. Everybody thought she was crazy. Whatever. I was laying on the I was probably about 12, 11, 12. I was laying on the couch. And I was watching the you know, little bug zappers. I was in there watching it zap bugs. And all of a sudden, think of what you want, whatever. A ball of light emitted from that zapper came, floated all the way, came through the front door and into the bathroom where my cousin was at. And then as soon as it went in, she came out. And then I was like, Good God, like, I didn't know what was going on. Did she come out freaked out or did she, no. she had no idea what normal? Happened. That's the most people look past is the balls of light. And, and that's the most common thing you're going to see. Okay, so that's very common. Yes, if you start paying attention, you will see them more and more than, than you'll ever believe. Pick photos, right? Yeah. Pictures, pictures. Pictures tell the most. What do you think about just the simplest things, like maybe in the home and you feel maybe a draft? Like you just kind of, you know what I'm talking about? Like Definitely. You, there's I mean, a draft and you kind of feel a presence, like something is watching you. If you've lived in the house a long time and you know that that draft has never happened before and you feel one, yeah, there's something there. Mm-hmm. And you honestly feel that way? Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, man, that makes me rethink a lot of things. <laughs> these people that experience these experiences. There was a movie, uh, what's the guy that plays in Black Hawk Down? Eric Bana, he plays in this movie, he's a cop. It's in the same genre as The Conjuring, all these movies, but he was a cop in New York. He was a part of a special crimes unit and he experienced an exorcism and all sorts of stuff. But what I'm getting at is, is people seeing and sensing these things, just normal everyday folks. What they portrayed in this movie is that police I'm not saying this because I am. I'm just going off this movie. Certain people are chosen, like Lorraine, mm-hmm. to have these abilities yeah. to experience these things. Mm-hmm. What you do with that experience is on you. Yeah. You can ignore it, move on past your daily life, or you can do like Roger's doing here, and you can answer the question of, like we broadcast on our podcast, the why. Yeah, how do you know? Do you think what I just said? I mean, do you do you find truth in that that, that people experience Definitely. these things? day to day and that there's the people that do something about it and then there's the people that don't. That's right. I mean, yeah. So, I think you want to blow that off. A lot of people don't, don't no. think about that kind of stuff. No. Well, you know, Especially if it's in somewhere where you're at a lot. Yeah. I mean, but you think about it, Al. You wake up one morning, go back to that story I told you about, about my mom, alright? You wake up one morning and your keys is laying on the floor. Do you think that, oh, Especially no. if it was against you like that. Yeah. A ghost did that. Mm-hmm. A ghost did that. No, I don't think that. No. Not from the back. Not from get go. What if that happens four days in a row? Well, you would you? I mean, it's I not coincidence know. anymore. No. And that would really suck if the presence was. It didn't like you. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bad situation altogether. Going into this, I'd I'd like to ask you you in doing what you do, you offer services, right? Me and you've talked about this, so I guess would you explain to our audience kind of. What you do as a service towards them, if somebody was in seeking this kind of help or profession? Well, like I said earlier, you know, I would, you can, if you can contact me on the Go Seeker on a DM, and the first thing I would do would be ask, ask a lot of questions, just to see if it's actually something that needs to be checked out. Mm-hmm. It take, this takes time, it's not something that just happens overnight, so it, it definitely takes some time to get going. 
Have you had any of the experiences yet, like where maybe it was in a home and there was a presence and where it was you needed to give advice to or maybe you need to get out of here? Not in a residence. We, we haven't, the ones I've been in, we haven't found really any evidence. And it's always EMF. the EMF. Okay. That concludes part one. Now we'll jump into a sketch and part two. <laughs> Don't ever leave me, baby. <laughs> you make these. You do this. I don't think I have the right kind of poems for this. You can do it, I know. Okay. Use your good voice. Okay. You are ready? Okay. You put the hand, you make the toilet. Look at the toilet. The lid up, uh -huh. lid down. Lid up, lid down. Make a bubble in your hand. Bubble, no, 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 no. Put it this way. Yes, yes, make a bubble. Make a hole. My hand don't work like that. Make a hole here. Now put thumbs together and blow. Oh, I tell you, I tell you, you're getting close, my buddy. No, no, don't do that. You look like this. Move your hand up and down like this to try to find the right angle. Do it. Angle the dangle? Yes, angle of the dangle. Curse these thumbs. You can do it, I'm telling you. You have to make airtight. I got these little thumbs, man. You have to make airtight seal on the hand everywhere, but make hole. Well, I airtight. Sometimes you have to blow soft, not so hard. That's what she said. I know. Make a bigger pocket in your hand. There you go. Make it now. Don't blow so hard. Easy. Okay, try again. Okay, these calls are the order for me. This will not be the, the porch talk assemble call. No, <laughs> we're not. Put your thumbs together at the bottom like this. I try. And then do this. Just do this. Yeah, do that. Now do this. Make just a little hole there. I don't know. You try hard, but you still suck. Yeah. I'm sorry. I suck. Alright, hey, we're checking back in with Roger. Uh, this is part two of the episode. Roger, thank you again for willing to get on the phone lines with me today. Oh man, thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, I had a few more questions about the ghost hunt. And then I wanted to move off into some other areas. With the ghost hunt, and let's just take the, the graveyard uh, trip in Hamilton, whenever we can get that going. What's a typical pregame for that look like? Well, that would, would it just be in three of us. We will just basically meet here probably at my house and we'll ride out so we're not taking two cars out there naturally, but and I'll, I'll just go over with y'all before we leave here on how to operate the stuff I have. Mm -hmm. And that way, when we get out there, y'all will be informed on the equipment. I'll probably let y'all, you know, one of you go in, I'll probably go in and do a session by myself, mm -hmm. like an EVP session, and then send one of y'all come out, and then send one of y'all in, let y'all ask some questions, and, and watch, we'll walk around, we'll take pictures, and the EVP out there is going to be the main thing that we want to do. Okay. And that and, and taking the steel photos. Okay, and so the EVP, that is, that's what that looks like? Yes, that's a recorder. Okay, okay. Voice recorders. And so you said we're going to be able to ask questions? Yes, I'll have, you can, and you can ask anything you want. I mean, and hopefully we'll get either intelligent responses or you'll just get the, you know, 
residual stuff that you know that keeps looping okay so maybe they're kind of lost in limbo is that what it's yeah okay. yeah yeah i was going i was going to ask a little bit about that like so with some of the other experiences like i wonder about the honesty and like if they're you know if they're trying to play you or i mean i'm sure you know there's different situations and none's one and the same like you said earlier yeah it's i guess it would um, just be the the nature of whoever you're getting involved with <laughs> yeah that's right i mean it, it's hard to know it, and and that's why it can be you know doing this can be kind of dangerous because you know that demon possession is true yes i mean you know that for a fact mm-hmm. and and i know you know the bible mm-hmm. that there are things called familiars familiar spirits yes they will mimic your your family a family member mm-hmm. that's passed to trick you into a sense of comfort possession. yes yeah it's just looking for a way to to get to get in with you so to speak yes get a, to get a foothold in mm-hmm. and that's this that's why it can be dangerous but have to be careful yeah, I'll tell you, man, one of my favorite, we, we got off on horror movies, I wanted to revisit that a little bit. One of my favorite horror movies, and I really enjoyed the second one as well, is Insidious. Oh, yeah. Love that movie, but Definitely I, I, I haven't watched it in probably two or three years now, and I'll tell you why, is I've probably watched this team, this movie like eight or nine times, and uh, me and my old roommate, we were both obsessed with it, so, it, you know, we watched it. But the last two or three times I watched it, I had this, you know, like we were talking earlier with like, that's a draft and that's not normal. Yeah. And then I would have this sense, like I'd be in the kitchen and I felt like someone was watching me and I was the only one home. Yeah. And I felt like, you know, we were talking about channels or avenues that these, you know, they can, the paranormal can attach to. And I think it may have had something attached to it. And so I, I don't I don't know if it's like the movie itself or maybe that copy of the movie or I don't know how that works. Well, you know, speaking of getting maybe something attached to actually a movie or anything, I don't know if you've watched Zach Bagan's Demon House. No, I haven't the, watched that. The movie he did, the documentary, and he actually has a disclaimer on at the beginning of it before the movie even starts saying you know watch this movie at your own risk because you know this can get to you from where you're at through this through mm-hmm. this movie mm-hmm. and it you need to watch it if you're interested in that kind of stuff that movie he debunks fact from fiction yeah in that movie and the the ending of that movie will, will blow your mind mm-hmm it was man it's i am interested in this stuff but like we said familiar spirits it's it's in the bible <laughs> yeah and so yeah. this is this is something that christianity delves into and it's something that god warns against yeah. but you got you need to be careful and you need to be smart about how you do yeah. it yeah definitely definitely these ghost hunting shows they 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 put all this stuff in like they're doing it in one night you know, these guys stay at these places for a week. Yeah. You know, they they shoot for a whole week at these at these places and then compile everything down at all the footage that they've done to an hour. Mix it, you know, cut it to an hour. And yeah, I, I'm sure some of it is is uh, staged a little bit of it. Yeah, because you want you want people to get scared. You want to have that thriller part yeah, of the show. And it is they do overact a little bit, but that's just to and you you see where their shows at now. Mm-hmm. It's huge, and mm-hmm. they have a huge following, and that's why because they are good at what they do. You're not going to go to a location and get something every time mm-hmm. it, yeah it's it not always going to be a hit you know we may go to this one of these cemeteries over here and have a great night and get several voices or mm-hmm. a, a picture of apparitions and I hope we do and we may go out there and we may not get anything yeah I'll tell you this of uh, just my background on graveyards old old graveyard right here by my house a lot of my family, like grandparents, are buried out there. Great grandparents, you know. A lot of my family, and so 
there's a lot of people that I say a lot of people there is a group of people over the years that go out there and do like some satanic stuff like they'll paint on the trees and some of them went so far to paint on the old church that's not used anymore and you know and so I'll go out there on nights at night sometimes see if they're out there and like see if I could scare them away from there yeah cause I'm man this is sacred ground you know you ain't supposed to be no desecrating and doing all this no you don't you don't go in and, and I mean when I go into one I try not to even walk on the grave you yeah. know I try to stay in between I don't yeah be respectful anything. I don't touch any of the tombstones you know I just I'm just there to to do my thing yeah but, but there are people that they go try to do it and be young teenagers that, and that's the people it is and I've called them and you know put the fear of God in them so to speak yeah just you know they, they don't care if it's muddy they'll walk out there and track it and make ruts and drive out there you mm, know it's, yeah. it's just not it's wrong mm-hmm. people shouldn't do that yeah so like when you brought up uh, taking us out and you said graveyard because I've seen like what you were talking about the balls of light mm-hmm. I've seen that a few times you know when I went out there just to kind of sit or just to see what was if anything was going to be going on out there tonight you know i would just yeah. sit out there for a little while and in the corner of my eye i would just see a little ball of light and i was like hmm okay that's that's pretty much always the way it happens you always catch it in your peripheral view mm-hmm. and so and you're never really sure did, did i really see that or yeah and that's it's always that question but that's why we we like to use the camera on top of the, the eyes you know because if that camera the camera's not going to lie it's going to catch it Right. And it's got it's got more of a peripheral than we do. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna catch it. Yeah, that's interesting. I I would like to be at some of the places where you use those laser grids. I know that had to be freaky capturing that, but yeah. And even if you know you notice the shows, even on pictures when they do capture something, it's always at the very edge of the picture. Mm-hmm. It's really never in the center. Yeah. What they capture, it's, it's just almost out of frame. Yeah. And that's, you know, because it's in the peripheral. Mm-hmm. So I think they're smart and they know where it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. They know. They're very, very much aware of you and what you're trying to do. And so, like, I, I, I'm curious in, like, seeing some of those shows, if you ever have an encounter where it's kind of a, a more playful spirit, kind of <laughs> kind of go along with it. We haven't yet. And, you know, that would be that would be a, a great thing, I mean, to... to Run, on, run up on something like that. It would be amazing, but mm-hmm. we haven't had that yet. All right, let's uh, let's change gears, man. I know you have other hobbies and interests, and oftentimes people are multifaceted. And I've seen the picture of your old Plymouth that you have, and so you're in the cars. Yeah. Where did that come from, man? How did that start up? I'm into Dodges. Always have been Plymouth Mopar. And, you know. I've been into them all my life, and I was actually looking for, I built cars on and off since I was 15 years old. Is it, was you working at the junkyard when that happened, no. that experience? Oh, okay. No, I was just out there looking for an old car. Yeah. But I, I got this one, I was looking for a 68 year I was born, and couldn't find nothing I really wanted, and I ran across this one, it's a 1948 Plymouth. It's got the suicide doors on the back. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's original paint, but it's got some really sketchy interior. Somebody put some wild interior in it, so I've got to change all that. But You're going to try to just, just restore it? Yeah, I'm going to put it back probably factory and try to make it as close to original as possible. So when did you get your hands on it? I had it about two months, and it wasn't. It's been switched over from 6-volt to 12-volt, and the guy I got it from, he was driving it, and it died on him, and he couldn't, it wouldn't fire. It wasn't getting any fire to the plugs, mm-hmm. and he couldn't figure it out. And he had somebody mess with it, and he finally gave up and decided to get rid of it. So I got it, and it's been so hot, it's been out here, I just hadn't fooled with it. Mm-hmm. And I had to finally got a nice kind of a cooler weekend, so I got up there this morning and realized, started looking at the wiring, and somebody had really changed it up, and I guess trying to fix it. Yeah. And they had the ground wire off the 
distributor going to the hot side of the coal and hot side on the ground side of, you know it was uh, everything was backwards yeah so i rewired all that this morning and put a little gas in it and she fired right up got the original flathead six cylinder in it i was gonna i was, I was gonna be my next question is like tell me a little bit about that sound <laughs> mm-hmm. i know yeah. it had to be sweet it sounds great and it's got idling 40 pounds of oil pressure i couldn't believe it's just you know those old motors are timeless you can't you can't really tear them up right you can get a spark to that load they gonna run mm-hmm. so do you, do you go out and do a lot of the car shows no i haven't I've, I've got a my car my personal car that i drive every day is a 2010 chrysler 300 and I've got it blacked out, black car, black rims, black windows. Mm-hmm. And I've got, I just had a, a advertisement sign, you know, that perforated material that goes on the back glass. Yeah. I had that put on. I got King Tattoo with the phone number on it. Mm-hmm. I would like to show this. I would like to show it, but it, it's not at that point right now. I still got some work to do on it. Mm-hmm. But once I get this one, this Plymouth, this old one, 48 like it's supposed to be I'll, uh, I probably will start showing you That's, that is a sweet ride I, 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 I saw the pic it looked black in the picture but you said it's green yeah it, when I got it it was covered with that tree sap that black tree sap oh that ruins the paint sometimes too yeah well luckily it's this you know in 1948 they knew how to paint a car <laughs> and dude I just started washing it and couldn't believe it came off. Yeah. It cleaned up really well. And I'm not going to paint it. I got one spot. It's only got one spot on the body that's, Need some that's touch been up. up. And the guy that tried to repair it is himself. And he got some random green paint sprayed over it. Mm-hmm. And it's a really bright green compared to the dark green, the uh, lighter green that the cars actually is. Mm-hmm. So it don't really match. So I'm gonna try to fix that spot and try to match it back up. But other than that, I'm gonna leave the little bit of patina that's on it, just buff it, maybe get a, put another clear coat on it. Yeah, that sounds good, man. I can't wait to see the finished product on that. I had no idea, and I saw that, and I was like, always oh, in the cars. And I <laughs> oh yeah, I've got. There should be a, on my Instagram, my bearded football one. There's a. Uh, I had a last year. 40, wait, the 30, it was a 42 with his Jeep. Oh, okay. It should be down in those, those pictures somewhere. Then I had a 95 YJ Jeep, and I did some work on it, fixed it up. And I, I'll work on them some of them a while, and I'll get tired of them and sell them and buy me something else. Yeah, yeah, it's just a, it's a hobby. Yeah, but this, the Plymouth, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to keep it around. It's... It's in too good a shape. My, you know, I've always wanted one like that with the big old bulging fenders and the suicide doors. And I'm just going to hang on to it. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, let me ask you this. And what about uh, music? What, what, what kind of music are you into? Is there any kind of music that while you're working on the cars or while you're pre-gaming, getting ready for the ghost hunt that you listen to or just around the shop? Or Well, you know, I, I, that's the thing. I, I have never been really big into music. Yeah. I have a radio out there under the carport when I'm working. I turn it on and I keep it on 99.9. And you know, that's the, what, 80s, 90s rock mm-hmm. stuff. Some of the, even some older, but, and it's just background noise to me when I'm up there. And I, I you know, I got, I concentrate on what I'm doing and music just never, I don't know, it's just never, it, it won't keep me occupied. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I have to visually, TV, movies, I can sit all day and watch. Mm-hmm. Radio, if if unless I'm in the car yeah. or just have nothing else to do, yeah, it's not I don't all. listen to it. Right? I don't listen to music. I got you. Well, all right, man. That's gonna do it. This has been another episode of Porch Talk. Roger, thank you so much for being on, man. You're very and, welcome. Uh, thank you all for having me, man. Yeah, man. Have a good one. All right, you too. Dearly beloved, you have now experienced a paranormal episode.
of porch talk. Give yourself a hand. I'm just kidding. Everyone lives. You, they don't die. They don't die. They don't die. You can make it. Listen to it again. <laughs>